So hi, everyone. I'm Christine. Hi, I'm Sophie, and this is Sassy C, a podcast about transatlantic friends comparing culture and celebrating women. Welcome to our first episode in 2021. We're starting out the new year by visiting an array of topics, hiking in Colorado and California, how we talk about health issues, cleanliness, and of course, one of our favorite topics, words, which will also touch on the origin of a popular anthem, and of course, end with transatlantic twaddle. But first, Anglophiles. So, I was showing Brian your card. Mm. We were talking about being Anglophiles, and he's like, what does that mean? And I was like, well, I think it means like, you know, we love British culture. And so one of our friends Mm -hmm. here has an au pair from Argentina. And um, she, I kind of asked her why she came here and, or why she wanted to be an au pair. And she's like, oh, I just love everything about American culture. I used to watch the movies growing up and I just knew I needed to come here and everything. And I was like, and I was like, oh, that's really interesting. And then so when Brian and I were talking about being an Anglophile, I was like, I guess it's kind of like that. I mean, you know how, and I was referring to the au pair, I was like kind of how she feels about America. I mean, just mm. like, really appreciate another culture. And he's like, he's like, oh, well, he's like, but it's not that we like always saw it and wanted to move there. And I was like, I don't think it's that, like it's that extreme necessarily. But I think like, you know, it's that we appreciate the culture. And he's like, okay, yeah. And then <laughs> I was thinking uh-huh. about it, but like we started watching The Crown, and then um, <laughs> and then I watched Paddington, the Paddington <laughs> movies, the last couple days over the weekend, and I was like, Brian, all we watch <laughs> is British TV, <laughs> and movies. I'm like, I think we could. No, oh, you definitely are. There's no question about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So Brian and I were hiking the other day and we were hiking down a mountain. It was a very difficult hike. And this group of like three people, these like, God, these like God and goddesses, Denverites who are just so fit. I hate them. And they're hiking toward us and they're happy and, you know, like all glowing. And then I realized that the guy at the back of the pack has no shoes or socks on. Like he is a hundred percent barefoot and he's actually carrying his shoes in his hands he's just a hundred percent barefoot like we are on the side of a mountain in the like middle of nowhere with rocks and shoots and god knows what else is on this trail and he's just barefoot and brian brian just gets so like incensed with people like that. <laughs> and then and so then i looked at him i was like is this worse or better than the person we saw in our neighborhood in San Francisco walking barefoot. And it wasn't like a homeless person. It was like, you know, a frat boy who was just drunk and walking barefoot. Oh my God. I was like, is that worse or better? Oh my God, no. And he goes, no, that's still worse. Like that's because you're going to for sure get hepatitis or something. Yeah, I would rather walk barefoot on a mountain than in San Francisco. (laughs) Yes, yeah, yeah. So that makes me think of one time when, when we went, for a hike um south of San Jose and we'd been 
um, I think we went for breakfast or something and we got a takeaway coffee and then we went for a hike. So um, mm-hmm. this feels kind of um, quite Californian that we were hiking with our Starbucks cups. <laughs> <laughs> but so and we all so we had nowhere to put them obviously because we were so we were hiking in like the the countryside um and so we'd done our hike we and then we'd come back down and we were nearly at the um back towards the road and we passed this other group um that were going the way that we'd come and they saw our starbucks mm-hmm. cups and they're like oh is there a starbucks at the top <laughs> Oh my God, it was so funny. So funny. As an intro to this segment, Sophie and I were talking about how, in this time of health crisis, our different cultures talk about health, fertility, and mental health issues. That's actually just reminded me of a colleague I used to have who. Um, I can't really describe her to you because um, she's quite unusual. <laughs> but I remember she basically anything that happens in her life, she will just like tell every single person that she meets. <laughs> so I remember that she she got this boyfriend, and so like absolutely everybody knew. And if you sat near her, you'd hear the you'd hear the story like multiple times because she was telling like absolutely everybody <laughs> the, the exact same story. And then um, and then I think they got engaged. And of course, that was, you know, big news. Um, and then she just uh-huh. like she's she's one of those people who just doesn't really have a filter. Um, and she was just like, we've just yeah. stopped using protection. You know, like if it happens, it happens. <laughs> absolutely anybody in this open plan office <laughs> I love the idea of like seeing your face like kind of react as you hear the like words coming over the <laughs> like walls you're like okay <laughs> I think I'm, I'm I've always just been more of like one like like you like a one-on-one person where I'm like ha- I'm happy like if anyone asks yeah. like I'm happy to talk about it um but in a more like public space I don't I don't know why I don't know why that matters as much but it's weird because in I don't know if this is a Korean thing or if this is like my family thing I think it's kind of a Korean thing but like Koreans love to talk about like health problems like gossip about health problems like my mom will always every time I'll talk to her she'll be like oh you know this person has this and this person has this and pray for them and I'm just like oh mom like it's just like it's just it's a weird form of gossip like it's a it's like a gossip that seems generous because you're like concerned and want to pray but it still feels like <laughs> kind of gossipy um and so and there's like a Brian always like laughs when my family's around she's like oh here's the health conversations like um and we just talk about everyone and so when people particularly have like problems with fertility or kids mm-hmm. even just like kids health problems um they tend not to say anything because it like it just like oh. spreads like wildfire especially like in the churches it's just this 
very it's a weird thing because like Koreans also are like can be very judgmental about like oh if you're unhealthy like like I've heard like my Korean relatives they like oh she's unhealthy so you shouldn't marry her like she has these health problems so like don't you know it's a little bit of like the mixing into the gene pool type thing so I think that's part of it too um but so then like I push back against that because I think that's stupid and wrong like I mean sorry that's like a little harsh to say it that way but I just like I just feel like it's so judgmental Mm -hmm. on something that like you know you can't control like you're sick it happens and so I'm not what it's not like I don't Mm -hmm. want to talk about it for that reason so I like sometimes I feel like I over talk about things Mm -hmm. because I want to like push against like that culture it's interesting that um it sounds like the Korean culture is quite open about health problems and you'd think that would be like a good and healthy thing. But then it seems from what you've said to, um, you know, when it's something very sort of, well, to do with kids or fertility, that that then sort of shuts down communication completely and people go like completely the opposite way which means that they're maybe not getting the emotional support that they could get if they felt that they could open up about it. Yeah, I don't, like, I don't feel like it's completely, I don't really know. I don't feel like it's completely, Mm. like, a generous thing. Like, I'm talking about, you know, my my aunt's health problems because I'm very concerned Mm. and let's all pray for her type of thing. Yeah, There's a lot of praying involved (laughs) with the health problems um it's like I like I was saying earlier like it's a little bit of um a way Mm -hmm. to be gossipy Mm -hmm. that seems generous if that makes any sense Mm -hmm. like to talk about other people and I do think I do think like and not to be like so critical I do think that there is a generous side of it where people are are concerned and Koreans are very good at like being sad about (laughs) each other's like so like (laughs) previous conversations we've had and like pachinko and yeah the very korean books and things and they're like yeah underlying just deep sadness oh it's so heartbreaking yeah yeah Devast- yeah, yeah deep devastation and sadness and yeah so so i think like we we that might be why we are just very um drawn to those types of conversations because it's like very easy for mm-hmm. us to talk about difficult things like oh she has cancer and then she has this mm-hmm. and then she's struggling through this so, but I think there's still a bit of like a stigma of fertility or even just like mm-hmm. general health in younger people that like that's going to affect their ability to ha- be healthy into the future be a mm-hmm. good mother mm-hmm. have kids like things like that I think is hopefully going to be right. gone in yeah. the generation after us because it's less about like this kind of setting up marriages and um and more of you know hopefully more about like just good relationships and strong families and stuff but I don't know it's a weird it's a weird like I don't want to say like old world old world thing but it's just like a weird like health of marriage and seeing like person someone's values still being kind of placed in their physical well-being yeah. and their ability to like have kids and yeah and things mm. like that but um that's really interesting 
and just being sad. <laughs> Does health get discussed similarly or differently in British culture? There's the whole issue of kind of mm -hmm. like British stiff upper lip, not like not giving away emotions, which I think is a bit of a, an old fashioned, hopefully something that we're moving away from. What What is the history of the stiff upper lip and not like expressing a lot of emotion? I don't know. I suppose it's just, I guess it, it was probably admired in the past, an, an admired kind of attribute, you know, being strong in the face of difficulties. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I guess it was valued. Um, and so more and more people did it. And now it's kind of being recognized that it's perhaps not the most healthy thing. Yeah. Um, Actually, I mean, so when I think about stiff upper lip, it kind of makes me think about kind of aristocracy and then it doesn't mm. take far to think about, you know, the royal family and something that the um, younger generation of royals have been doing, especially um, William and Kate and Harry and Meghan is um, talking about mental health and, mm. um, you know, William and Harry have opened up about things that you know the things they struggled with um oh wow you know, growing up without their mother and all yeah the press coverage around that and yeah they they're both involved in um charities that focus on mental health and so I think I think that's been that's been really good to see people who otherwise you know in in previous generations would very much have been seen as kind of stiff upper lip and Mm -hmm. um, just kind of grinning and bearing that you know just getting through it um, mm -hmm. and not showing any emotional reaction because it's not seen as the proper thing to do or yeah it's shown a sign of weakness perhaps um, yeah and you think that that's very significantly changed between like your parents generation and your generation I think it's definitely moving it, you know it does move generation to generation but I mean if you think about kind of the war time generation mm, yeah going through extreme adversity being very resourceful and getting getting through all that and yeah just having to deal with a very very difficult time it makes me wonder kind of how dealing with covid dealing with the pandemic is gonna have a ripple effect through the generations in years to come yeah do you think covid is going to mean that we just stop coming into contact with strangers even like a handshake I mean even that feels yeah. a bit gross right now right you don't want to yeah. touch someone's hand they probably sneezed totally. on it you don't know what they've been <laughs> touching like <laughs> um yeah and the cultures have... where they kiss on cheeks is that gonna just go away I, I don't know I, on some level, I have to imagine it will because it's just going to stay with us to be a little bit more careful and not, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you feel this way about people in the UK, but I feel I could see us like all literally spitting on our hands and shaking them again. <laughs> in <five years. laughs> but um, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Like I, uh, 
I was thinking about, I was just thinking about that the other day, like I walk, you know, in my, in the neighborhood and whenever you see someone coming, right, you like veer off very extremely to like walk in the street or walk on the sidewalk. I don't know if you're experiencing mm. this when you walk. And I, I, I also had that thought where I was like, eventually are we going to walk next to each other on the sidewalk again? Or are we always going to like really try to go out of our way mm. to not interact? Yeah. I don't know. It's strange, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I remember in California, you know, some people like, kind of paranoid about cleanliness right and especially in sort of the silicon valley area where where we were um there are those people and it's at the time it felt like a bit of an affectation that you know um you'd hear of these ceos who would just fist bump rather than shake hands and yeah they'd kind of do it there's like there's a cleanliness reason there as well as it being kind of trendy but um like it, and that used to kind of strike me as unusual when I was there um but now I'm like well we're probably all gonna go that way or you know do the like elbow the elbow yeah. touching thing the elbow touching wait hold on I there's like a Silicon Valley cleanliness thing oh I, yeah I like thought people... yeah I thought there was a, a bit of a cleanliness thing um another place I noticed it was huh. um in the in the bathrooms um there would always be i'm gonna have to like switch to my american like well i don't have to switch to my american vocab but there would be a bin or a trash can right next to the door because people would do the thing where you wash your hands you dry your hands with a paper towel and then you use the paper towel to open the door and then like prop it with your elbow while you drop it in the bin yes and i saw that a lot in silicon valley or just like in california in general and that struck me as like really unusual so that's not something that you did in the UK. no but it's something that now people are doing more and more yes yeah um, yeah and it makes complete sense but it did yes struck me as strange noticing that also we could because... have a whole topic on bathrooms <laughs> <laughs> but maybe not right now <laughs> Okay, well, I'm putting it on our list because I really, I do really want to have this conversation and I do feel like we need to be reintegrate squatting into a toilet. <laughs> um, no, the, the reason why I'm like very, or it's not surprising to me that like, because I feel like, I don't know if that's a California thing. I, I'm wondering, I'm trying to think if like people did that in Minnesota too and we live there, but. Um, do people do it in Denver? I don't know well, because can you... I'm never outside of our house. You can't remember pre-COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I can't remember. I'm trying to think of like in our apartment building if people were like that, but I don't know. I, I feel like I can't make any like judgments about Denver because I just like, even when pre-COVID, I was either never here or I was at home. Mm, so yeah, you the reason why I'm um, a little bit, I'm very curious about this is because um, I kept, I definitely could see it, especially within a tech company that you probably went to or your, your office particularly, but like in contrast, like San Francisco itself is very dirty. Oh yeah. So when I think of like our time in the Bay area, I don't mark it with a lot of cleanliness. <laughs> like, <laughs> mm. Well, yeah, the condition um, of the streets in, in San Francisco is 
a whole other matter I think yeah yeah but I see how that um sort of taints your <laughs> yeah <laughs> your rating of California cleanliness my one of my friends and I she had the dog and then that she got like a couple years after we moved to San Francisco and so her and I we always like watched each other's dog so like when we were out of town they'd watch cinnamon and when we were oh, out of town so I've met her Dougal. dog then yeah yeah Dougal like oh, yeah yeah so she's cool he's like the same size as cinnamon but like kind of black and brown and very like looks like an old man like his face is kind of like an old man <laughs> um but like we have this thing where we always talk about that there's like an enormous amount of just bare chicken bones on the floor or on the ground in San Francisco in the city of San really? Francisco like oh it was the weirdest thing like it's one of those things I feel like someone could write like a mystery story about like oh, how weird I never noticed that but I guess you would with a dog because the dogs yeah kind of just gravitate towards them because you cannot stop them from eating it, which is, and it's, they're so bad for them too, right? Because mm. if they eat the bone, bone it's going to like shat, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So like in the area that we lived in, there were always bones around the place. And then they lived in the mission. There were always mm. bones. And then they, they moved, um, they're still in San Francisco, but it's like closer to South San Francisco now, like farther south. Yeah. And she's like, there are bones all over the place there too. Oh, how and I'm just like, I'm like, what is happening that, like, there's just this large number of people eating, like, do they go to the Safeway and buy the rotisserie chicken and then just throw the bones on the ground? Like, there are multiple people doing this every single day. Wow. Do you think that's what it is? It's rotisserie chicken? It's not, like, like KFC? It could be KFC, but there's not even that many KFCs in the city like that's the you know because the weird thing about like san francisco right is there's really actually not that many fast food restaurants mm. um like there was i remember there being one kfc but it was it was um kind of on the like other side of the mission mm. and i don't remember seeing any other kfc since then and then so i don't know if it's like it might be the homeless population like mm-hmm. them eating yeah. which i totally understand but it's just it's like such a specific thing like it in some ways you'd expect there to be other food discards yeah right but it's just chicken bones that is so weird everywhere wow everywhere in the city i'm fascinated by that (laughs) how is it that you managed to make chunk it sound very refined I, it, for some reason, this like stands out to me because I I was using that phrase recently, not chunk it, but I was saying something like related. I was like, we got to parse this into chunks and then we can take, and I kept saying the word chunk and I was like, that is a really unappetizing word. And like, I feel like I do that thing too, where I turn things into verbs and I'm not sure if it is a verb, but I'm like, whatever, people know what I'm trying to say. And I was like using chunk as a verb and I was like, this is really starting to sound gross. <laughs> But then you said that, and I was like, oh, it sounds so nice. <laughs> I think you're just biased by my accent. Okay. I am very biased by your accent. But there was this time where, like, I was trying to describe a technology within a computer chip, and I was saying it's when the two pieces are flush with each other. Mm. I'm assuming this is what you're assuming you hear when I say that is that they're just like all of it's touching, right? Mm-hmm. There's no like gaps in between. Yeah. And I don't feel like that's a particularly 
unknown term but people every time I said it people just gave me these blank stares and I'm like really I was like I feel like that's actually the best term to use in this thing and I'm like why is no one understanding this word yeah but we understand that I mean there are certain I mean there's a lot of English words that I don't know how to use well but there are certain I think maybe building terms because of my dad that I know that I would use more than the average person Mm. but Oh, yeah. All the like, well, for me, it's not kind of building. It's like um, the DIY terms, like all the different tools and um, talking about flashing and fascia boards. And <laughs> I've been using all that lingo recently, trying to get the house sorted. Because of, because of, oh, because of your own work on the house? Yeah, but I That's get it amazing. from my dad, from like, doing projects with him like he's very practical um but it it's kind of gets me the almost like respect from the people that I'm trying to get to do work on the house oh I'm sure um yeah I I don't know what words I used but there's this um builder that I've been talking to recently um and the first time I met him I said something I think he was trying to describe to me like what a problem was and I I just kind of almost repeated it back to him but using different words and he was like oh yeah okay mm-hmm. you got you get this I'm like I yeah, I do understand yeah. this um, <laughs> and I just saw him the last this last week um and we were looking at the, some of the problems in a bit more detail because he brought his big ladders uh, he went up onto the garage roof um where we have a water leaking through and I was like it's because of the flashing oh, no. the lead flashing is not it's not in place so he went up and had a look and he was like you're right it's the flashing that's out of place um wow, he was kind of describing how it gets put in place in the in the first place and how mm-hmm. it hadn't been done properly the first time because he knows that I understand and also that I'm interested in the detail of what the problem is or or how to fix the problem um he was like do you want to go up the ladders and have a look and I was like yeah I do I love heights I, cool so I went and had a look and I was like I see exactly what you mean yeah I can see that huh. <laughs> oh that's so neat <laughs> words Sorry? are powerful words are very powerful they are very powerful <laughs> but also completely made up mm-hmm. been reading this book about etymology which is the origin of words um which of course you and I are both interested in and kind of links in with transatlantic twaddle um yeah well I I won't go into like the whole backstory but um yesterday I read a chapter which was talking about this old British drinking song and so the song used to be it had (laughs) quite a complicated um tune to it and apparently so the story goes it was used as a test of whether you were sober or not um if you you could sing it in tune um seriously (laughs) and then an american heard it it came across it wrote new words for it and it ended up being the star spangled banner and then, and so, so yesterday morning, I was reading this chapter about this story, and it wrote, the, it had the words of the Star Spangled Banner written out, 
after the words of the original drinking song. And the uh-huh. whole of yesterday, I had the Star Spangled Banner in my head. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was singing it, humming it, just the whole day. I was driving crazy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't know what is more insane about that. The fact that, like, our national anthem is <laughs> prefaced on a drinking song <laughs> that requires you to be sober to sing it. Right? Yeah. I because it I is a very difficult well song. Sober. Um, I'd, probably, I'd probably sing it better drunk, actually. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. So that, so that, this is really weird because I, I've actually... Um, because my, my parents are very good singers and I've had like a little bit of a singing past. And so I've read a lot of things and had heard like professional musicians say mm. that the Star Spangled Banner is actually one of the most difficult songs to sing because the range of the mm-hmm. low register to the high register is very broad. Um, and that makes a lot of sense <laughs> now, as, or at least I don't know if it makes sense so much as <laughs> gives it now I know context. why yeah. it's so hard but but why <laughs> yeah oh my gosh that's oh, America based on a drunken song <laughs> from from our ancestors the British welcome to transatlantic twaddle this is our repeating segment where we will quiz each other on british and american language usage and interpretation do you know what faff means faff Mm. no oh okay do you want to have a guess at what it might mean is it f-a-f f-a-double-f Pass. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't even know what that could mean. Pass. Is it like a it, like a mess up? Mm, no, I'm just why? saying I'm just I saying that I'm... because it rhymes with gaff. <laughs> <laughs> um so I might um I might do something and then say, oh, that was a real fast. Maybe kind of me putting it in an expressive sentence would be like Oh yeah, that um that thing that I did yesterday was a real faff to do that. So it's not like a an embarrassing thing or like a mess up. <laughs> That's why not so not an embarrassing thing. No. Faff. Oh my gosh, I have no idea. <laughs> faff. That was a real faff to do that. <laughs> oh, is it like a cool? Like oh, it was really great that I did that. No, no, kind of no. It's um. It's definitely a negative connotation. I remember from doing the SATs on the like, when you're having to kind of pick the best definition of things. That's one of the the techniques, isn't it? To think, oh, does this feel like a negative word or a positive word? Right, right. You kind oh. of narrow down your choices. Oh my so, god! Um, I just got so, so anxious. You're talking about the SATs. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's okay. You pass them. It's fine. I know. This is what twenty years ago. And I'm just like, oh god, SATs. <laughs> Um, so faff is like something that's annoying it's like an annoyance it was kind of irritating and maybe like a waste of time or something that you thought could be done quite easily but in the end it turned out to be a faff because you had to like run around doing something um oh got it like a 
yeah interesting you have a new word (laughs) I do have a new word okay so can you ascribe it to a person like you're being Um... faffly (laughs) (laughs) you could say you're faffing about which is like you're just like wasting time what are you doing faffing about so you can you can say it like that or you can say like that activity you know that thing that I did was a faff it was just like annoying and okay I guess you might say that person is a faffer I don't know if I'm just making up words oh now. I love that word I'm definitely gonna call <laughs> someone a faffer now <laughs> okay I have one have you ever heard of the phrase jump the shark no this is I think it's limited to like entertainment like tv shows but I think it has gone beyond like beyond that but I think the like the phrase would be well within tv shows it's like oh well that tv show really jumped the shark or you could say like Mm -hmm. that podcast really jumped the shark (laughs) Oh, okay. Is it a good thing? No, it's a bad thing. thing. So it's it's like the meaning of it is that it really like a TV show that's like has, you know, like everyone's really enjoying it and it's going down this one kind of path. And then it just like the, like the writers just like veer off Mm -hmm. and it's like really ridiculous. And they add all these elements and they're they're unbelievable and kind of stuff like that. I looked it up one time a long time ago because I was like, where does that phrase come from? So it actually comes from a TV show. There was, did you, do you know the show Happy Days? Yeah. So with, I haven't watched it, but yeah. With the fans. Yeah. So there was an episode late, like much later in the show where they go to the beach or they're on a cruise or something and the fans is like water skiing and literally jumps over sharks. (laughs) Like, it's just, like, a really, really <laughs> ridiculous thing. And so that phrase has become, I think it is even beyond, like, entertainment now, but just, like, this thing where it's, like, yeah. you have now just become ridiculous. ridiculous. Like, gone off in the yeah, direction. Yeah, yeah, huh. Interesting. It's not, it's not a positive thing, but I think it's mostly related. Like, if there was a book series and then, the like, you know, the seventh book was just really bad, you're like, oh, the series has just really jumped the shark. Mm. Oh, that's a really good one. I'm going to try and use that. (laughs) This meal has really jumped the shark. (laughs) Thanks for joining us on today's podcast episode. We love hearing from you and getting your feedback. If there are any topics or issues you'd love for us to chat about, please let us know. We know we're all still dealing with lockdown, crazy weather issues, and constant change. Or some constant sameness. But know we love you and can't wait until we can see you again in person. Keep hanging in there, everyone. Bye.